peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Okay, I am a glutton for punishment. I decided to take a journey through the Gospel of John. I was debating on whether I wanted to go to the book of Exodus after finishing Genesis, and I kind of wanted to break away from that and go through one of the Gospels. I've been thinking about this for a while, so I decided to start with the Gospel of John. I'm going to admit to you right out the gate is a lot I don't know. I'm not going to try to make it seem like I'm some scholarly dude. I'm not, as I always say, I'm just studying my Bible, just like anybody else out there. Free to critique, free to have conversations. I'm open for all of that. But anyway, the Gospel of John, chapter one, without further ado, let's get into this. All right. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. I looked up that word right there, uh, the Greek word that's used there. Now, I'm, I'm going to admit something. I know a lot of people feel like you have to know Greek and Hebrew to study your Bible. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I don't think that knowing Greek and Hebrew is necessarily something that you have to have. The Bible has been translated into English as well as into other languages. And I would venture to say whatever language you speak, if the Bible has been translated in your language, then I think you have everything you need in that language. Now, I am no scholar. I have not been to Bible college. I do not know Greek and Hebrew. I have a Strong's Concordance. We can all buy one of those. You can download the apps. They're free. And any Greek or Hebrew word in the newer Old Testament, you can look it up. You can see what it means and you can see what the root words are. But I'm going to read the the Greek word here, but I like to start with that caveat because I don't want, I would never want people to think, well, if I don't know Greek or if I don't know Hebrew, or if I don't have access to this stuff, I'll never be able to get the, the full meaning of what's being said here. Again, I'm not a scholar, but I'm leaning toward that's not the case because even when I look up these words, when I look back at these verses, I always think to myself, you know, if I actually looked and delved into these verses, I would come to the same conclusion even without knowing this Greek and or Hebrew word. But that's just my opinion, not something I would necessarily debate about. But anyway, the word there used for um, word is the Greek word logos. And that word means of speech, a word uttered by a living voice embodies a conception or idea what someone has said and here's the interesting thing about looking at that now remember the subject here 
is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you look in the book of Genesis, and I don't think this is a coincidence, obviously the Bible is a congruent book, a consistent book. You can go through book by book, chapter by chapter, and the theme is the same. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, um, I'll start at verse 1 and you'll get the idea as I read along. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. So you get the point. God spoke and things happened. So with that in mind. If you go back to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 1, and read that again, run that back. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when we looked up that Word, it's, let's, let's read it again, after reading the book of Genesis, and let's read that definition again, logos, of speech, a word uttered by a living voice embodies a conception or idea what someone has said now if i never read the definition of that greek word i could literally look at this verse and say in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and then i could go back to the book of genesis and see when the, when there was a beginning and god said so it's personifying this word Right. This is the subject here in verse two. The same was in the beginning with God. That's something that you really need to hold on to. And I think these verses are very important for those. Now, I don't I try my best not to argue with people, but this is a doctrinal issue that I will stand on emphatically there are some who do not believe that the lord jesus christ is the very god that we're speaking of he is 100 man and 100 god and if you read through these verses and you look at what they say it is very evident and we're going to read on and see right so the same was in the beginning with god so we know we're talking about the word now listen to what it says all right all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. We just read that creation account. And what does the Bible say? And God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so. Talking about the word here, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, when you read that verse, if you go to, uh, let me look at my notes, the book of Hebrews chapter one, and then let's see, let me get there. Hebrews chapter one. Um, we're going to go from verse one through verse three. Now, remember, everything was made by the word that was the subject, right? Now, listen to this. Check it out. Hebrews chapter one, verse one through three. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. So this is the subject, his son, in whom or whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of debate that goes on about who the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is. And there's some that argue that he is not 100% man and 100% God. And I believe that's just inconsistent with what the Bible is teaching here. And I think it's actually pretty obvious in, in my opinion. Um, in verse four and five, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and, and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, I had to remind myself as I was reading this, that this was written by John. And I had to remind myself of the time that they were in. And when you think about what he's saying here, that the, the people who were responsible for the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ at, at that moment, right at that time, they had no idea who the Lord Jesus Christ is. They had no clue. And this is what this is what John is saying. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. They had no idea. There was a man sent from God whose name is was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe he was not that light but he was sent to bear witness of that light and the importance of this is if you remember in some verses up it said in him was a life and the life was the light of men. So this is the this is the light that John is testifying of that he's he's bearing witness of. He is he's not the light, but he's the one bearing witness to the light that is to come. Uh, verse nine. Uh, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world 
and the world. Now, listen to what this said again. I don't I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but the Bible is being explicitly clear, explaining in the Gospel of John who the Lord Jesus Christ is. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Now, to those that would argue that the Lord Jesus Christ is not God, you have a dilemma. Right. Because right here is saying that he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. This is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. When you go back to the book of Genesis, the Bible says, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was. So if the Lord Jesus Christ is not God here, you would have a discrepancy. For those of us who take the Bible as at its word and believe what it says, there is no discrepancy. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. And this is very clear through the scripture. And I know there's many cunning arguments out there where people argue different things back and forth. I would admonish you just read the Bible, just read what it says. Uh, take care to, you know, look some things up, compare scripture with scripture. And I, I think anyone who comes into this with an honest heart, just seeking what the Bible actually says, then you will come to no other conclusion. My opinion. Verse 11, he came into his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name again for the people out there that might think you can do some good deed. You can offer God some offering. You can live a righteous life and that's going to grant you access to God. That is not what the Bible teaches is very clear again in this verse, verse 12. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God. Well, who are these people? Even to them that believed on his name. I'm going to end on verse 12 today, and I'm going to come back, Lord willing, tomorrow. And we're going to go through some more. I don't know how fast I'm going to go through the Gospel of John. I probably won't go very fast because I actually enjoyed my study through the book of Genesis and I enjoyed the flow. I just kind of wanted to, to lay the groundwork starting in the gospel of John. And I, I think it's, I think it's important to understand the difference and the focus in the four different gospels. They all tell, uh, some of them have the same stories. There's some, uh, some that go into more detail but every gospel has a very unique purpose. And when you're reading the gospels, if you pay attention, when they start out, you kind of get an idea what the purpose of the gospel is. In the gospel of John, we see John laying the case for who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And in case people got it confused, in case they didn't know, in case they just thought he was some noble prophet, John lays the groundwork that no, this is not just a prophet. This is 
God, 100% man, 100% God. And John is laying out that case in this first chapter. And we will definitely see that further on as we go through and study this book. And I hope you will join me as I continue my journey studying through the Bible, especially with the Gospel of John. This is going to be it's going to be a hard task. I'm not going to lie. There's many things in the Gospel of John that I'm going to get to. And I'm probably going to spend some days doing some research, looking up some things. As I always say, I'm no theologian. I'm no scholar. I'm just a layman studying my Bible, just like the rest of y'all. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.